You're listening to episode 229, Podcasting and Entrepreneurship with Travis Brown. What's in it for the listener, right? And uh, people say, check out my podcast. And I always tell them like, well, that tells me nothing but that you have a podcast. Why don't you tell me what I'm going to learn in your podcast or what, what's in it for me? Why, do, why can I not miss this episode? This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, February 12th. 2021. Nothing works better than just improving your product. Joel Spolsky, that's the co-founder of Stack Overflow. You know, I love that quote today because it tells us to focus on quality and the rest will come easily. You know, in business or in life or anything, I think you can apply a lot of things you learn in business to your life. And one of the key principles in business is to focus on value. Focus on the value you give to others and the rest will just come on its own. You know, we get so hung hung up on measurements, on achievements, on benchmarks, which are important, but at the end of the day, all you can really focus on is being authentic and giving 100% of yourself to those around you and improving the lives of other people. In this case, you know, your product can be yourself. <laughs> it can be the thing you're doing. It could be a physical product, but you really just focus on what you're giving. Focus on the value and everything else will come. Today, if you own a business or if you're looking to leverage the power of podcasting to broaden your audience, today's guest is going to be an awesome resource for you. His name is Travis Brown, and he's the creator of the Podcast Builder Club. He's included in the Guinness World Book of Records for speaking at PodFest. That's a uh, podcast summit. In this case, it was a PodFest virtual summit in August 11th, 2020. He's also the founder and chief podcast producer at Podcast Buddy agency that helps business coaches and influencers to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. With an audio engineering background, he's launched over 100 podcasts for clients, edited over 1,500 episodes, and has over 2 million downloads with his clients at his agency. Aside from inventing the Poddex, a tool of unique ideas for episodes and podcast interview questions that helps podcasters set themselves apart, Travis also has a coaching program to help future podcasters launch successfully and for current podcasters to optimize their shows. Over the last decade, Travis has built several online businesses that have generated hundreds of thousands of dollars, and studying trends, strategies, and business is definitely one of his passions. Super excited to have Travis on the show and and share his wisdom with you in this area. You know, this is such a growing area. As you probably know, podcasting is one of my loves. (laughs) Hopefully you know that by now. Uh, But, you know, I love podcasting. It's so much fun. And it's a growing medium, and uh, it's really it's it's not just for businesses, for really anybody who wants to express themselves and get their idea out there. So, if you've ever wanted to 
uh, learn how to do this and to, to get it out there. It's easier than ever today, these days. We have so many tools. This episode is going to be a gold mine for you. There's so many great uh, golden nuggets in here. So let me know what you get out of it. I'm really curious because there's a lot of great stuff in this episode. If you know anybody who is in the same boat, who's looking to, you know, uh, start their business or, uh, you know, get their idea out somehow, whether it's a nonprofit, if it's just for fun with a friend to podcast, if anybody you know in your life that's wanting to get into this, share this episode with them because there's a lot of great info in here, a lot of great resources. Uh, if you want to stay in touch with Travis or download his pod decks uh, for podcasters, you can check it out on the blog. I'm going to make a show notes post with everything. Just go to danceoflife.com slash podcast. This is episode 229. So without further ado, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Here we go. Podcasting and entrepreneurship with Travis Brown. I'm in uh, Arizona, in Phoenix. Nice. Doesn't look like that from my background, but... No, I was thinking you're on the beach somewhere in Costa Rica. Yeah, in my mind I am, so. <laughs> I'm sure everybody is at some point these yeah, days. Yeah, right. right. How about you? Where, where are you at? I'm in Aurora, Illinois, which is the uh, second largest city in Illinois. Uh, oh, really? <clears throat> yeah. I didn't know that. Hmm. It's a suburb of Chicago. And let me just send this link to you. Yeah, I've been in Illinois my almost my whole life. Wow. Ready to get out. Yeah. Chicago's a little crazy right now. It's very crazy. And <laughs> the winters are crazy. And yeah. let's close all this stuff out here. What is it? It's like only two seasons in Chicago, winter <clears throat> and right. construction season. That's exactly right. You are brilliant. Okay. Yeah, I had a friend who lived in Chicago and she would tell me that all the time. So only two seasons in Chicago, winter and construction season. That's it. That's all we get. Uh, it's true though. I mean, it. it's... I mean, even here, honestly, in Phoenix, it seems like they're always fucking working on something. It's just like, <laughs> you people just never stop, you know? I don't know. Well, yeah. hopefully with everybody not driving around, maybe they'll get some stuff done. Yeah, finally, right? Get some of those freeways done. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, hey, I'm happy to have you on the show. I'm excited to chat. You know, podcasting's a, a big topic now, especially with everybody's staying at home and trying to reinvent themselves. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, podcasting, I think took a pretty large uptick earlier this year, but even, you know, once, uh, once COVID hit, I think, you know, zoom is now a verb, right? So, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so everyone I'll knows how tomorrow. To, <laughs> yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, I was telling my wife, like, you know, before it was Skype was the verb and now no one yeah. even says Skype anymore. Zoom took over. I actually bought a bunch of zoom stock right when this all hit, Wow, nice. And it it uh, did very well. Um, uh, it was just was that just like lucky timing, or I mean, did you kind of have an idea that things uh, were going south? I it was it was a it was a low price, and I was thinking if we're all going to be stuck, people mm. are going to have to do this for like work Smart. and stuff. So I did. Yeah. I bought that. I bought Etsy because uh, I thought more people would start like shops. Mm. Um, figuring out a way if they lost their job, how to make money, and that one like tripled. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, stock market's luck, obviously. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's if, <clears throat> if you follow the news a lot and, you know, you do a lot of reading, you, you can do a decent job at it. I, I just haven't had the time to do as much as I'd want to. It's, it's something that really interests me, especially with like 
having some sort of portfolio that's always, you know, rotating through and it's, it's a real process, but I haven't, I haven't devoted the time that I want to it, but yeah, it's complicated. I think you gotta, you gotta find things that you believe in and just yeah. uh, hang on to them. Like I, you know, bought Apple a million years ago and Tesla and, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's not like I found any type of like, um, you know, it's all huge companies, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Well, you've done uh, quite a lot over the years with your businesses that you've started, but I'm curious about the Guinness World Book of Records. W what was the record for? Yeah. So uh, earlier this year, I participated in the PodFest Virtual Summit, which was mm. the, um, which was a virtual uh, trade show for podcasters. And okay. PodFest uh, worked with Guinness World Book of Records to say like, okay, how many people do we need to get to attend this in order to break the world record. So mm -hmm. I believe it was 5,000 attendees over five days. Wow. And so we beat the record and I was a speaker at that uh, summit. So I am also part of the Guinness World Book of Record holder. So uh, not what I thought I would get a Guinness World <laughs> Record for, but um, it's fun to be able to put that in my little bio at this yeah. point. It's fun, it stands out. It's like, oh, what, what is that all about? That's interesting. I haven't been to PodFest. Uh, I've seen it. I mean, I've, now obviously with COVID, it's all digital, but uh, I've had a few friends that have been to it. The physical one, obviously, yeah. the one they were doing before. And uh, it's pretty good. It's been around for a while, right? Uh, I think they're on their like fifth or sixth year. Um, I went in March right before yeah. this all happened. So when I went to yeah. PodFest in March, they were handing out stickers for your badge that said like, I don't want to be like, touched or like i forget which mm. what what they put on there but it was like just as this was beginning and uh that was my last like in-person event that i was at and it was a great time i mean they do a really yeah. nice job there's lots of you know the podcasting community is actually really friendly i think uh if somebody were thinking about attending one of these events and maybe intimidated by like mastermind groups or these conferences everybody there is so cool. You could just like literally mm. walk up to somebody and say, Hey, tell me about your podcast. You start this conversation and make all these connections. And there's a lot of people sharing different tips and tricks and ways they've experienced uh, growth in their podcast. So it was a, I loved it. It was a great event. I actually um, was going to get a booth there for pod decks and it was really expensive. So I'm like, you know, I should probably check this out first. So I yeah. flew down there, but I packed my entire suitcase full of pod decks. So when wow. I got to the airport, uh, I watched them put my bag through the x-ray machine and they looked at me and they looked at me. It was like six in the morning and they pulled the bag and they're like, you got to come over here. And I'm like, okay, I figured they would flag me and they opened it up. They're like, what do you have in this bag? I said, oh, they're decks of cards. They're like, it looks like bundles of cash. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like, Go ahead, open it up there. It's, it's not cash. If it was, yeah. trust me, I'd be much happier than I am right now. Yeah. Uh, so it was a, it was just a fun experience going down there. That's cool. What got you into podcasting? I mean, were you always into like audio slash music slash, you know, this kind of world, or was it just something that you started? Yeah. So when I, when I was 15 years old, I joined a rock and roll band nice. and I was in that same band until I was about 26. Wow. Uh, and during that time we toured the country. I played on huge stages. We made records. I got songs on TV shows. So audio was always really a big part yeah. of my life anybody who's a musician at some point figures out, Hey, if I could record myself, if 
I could figure this out, I wouldn't have to maybe go to a recording studio and pay $200 an hour to record, yeah. or I could make demos and stuff. So I always wanted to learn how to do audio. So that's what I did. I, I learned how to record bands. I learned how microphones worked and compressors and all that stuff worked. And eventually, uh, when I was about 25 or 26 years old, I decided, okay, all my friends have like condos and cars and, and health insurance. It's time for me to maybe make a pivot. And uh, they're looking at me going like, you're so cool. You get to party all the time and travel the world. So I got a big boy job and I would drive an hour to my office every day and back. And so during that time, I somehow stumbled upon podcasts. This is uh, maybe mm. 2004 or five. And so I was listening to these podcasts and I was thinking like, wow, these don't really sound that good. I bet you I could. Where were my... those on at 2004? I mean, was iTunes even doing podcasts in 2004? Uh, there were, there were podcasts on iTunes um, and there were mm. just, you know, people were sharing content, you know, uh, yeah. online, like Rogan was doing live streams and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, um, I bet you I could make podcasts sound really good. So eventually I went to a, a mastermind or a dinner or networking group. And there was a guy there who found out he did, found out I did audio and he said, Hey, I'm trying to start a podcast. Can you help me? So I said, sure. I'd love to. So I started with Tom, um, started producing his podcast, teaching him what he needed to do, doing all the editing and show notes in the back end. Um, and just last week he got an HGTV show right from his podcast. But wow. um, then I started working with more podcasters, it just it, word of mouth. Uh, people needed that help because they didn't know audio. And uh, to date I've launched over a hundred podcasts with over 2 million downloads. And uh, um, it's just become part of my passion is that I love the medium. I think it's so powerful and um, I love helping people get to that next level to, to have their podcast start working for them to grow their yeah. business. It's so crazy. You reminded me of, uh, cause I was in a band too, when I was in high school and I remember, gosh, we would, you know, go to the recording studio, this giant you know, location with all these giant machines. And now it's like, I literally have, you know, a focus, right? A cloud yep. lifter, a microphone and my computer. Yep. And, you know, I have a subscription to like some royalty free, you know, music thing where I can download all kinds of stuff. I'm like, it's just crazy how now every, anybody can do that. I mean, literally with a couple hundred bucks, you can sound like a pro, uh, you know, if you learn obviously a few things about how to edit your own sound, but I don't think it's too hard, but it's just crazy, you know, how yeah. that's available now to anybody. So exactly. And that was part of, so I was making records for bands on the side when I was working my day job and I saw the writing on the wall. I saw yeah. you know, the industry was going digital and bands didn't have any money and everybody could do it on their own computer. And I thought, you know, I'm going to pivot here. And it was a good time to do it because podcasting had just started to, uh, you know, get more awareness and grow every year. And uh, I, I'm much more happier making podcasts than uh trying to make people's records and make them better. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's much more f fulfilling. That's an interesting point, actually. I never even thought about that, but sort of, cause you know, being in the audio world, uh, you know, we can kind of both relate to, I guess, the journey of a musician versus the journey of somebody using their voice, uh, you know, in a, not in a singing kind of way, but in a, you know, sort of informational educational kind of way. And so it's very interesting because both of those, are essentially free content, but one, like a podcast, I think you can leverage that way more for your brand, your business, for developing a customer. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have that much experience with the current music industry, but it seems very hard 
I have friends who are DJs. I have friends, you know, who are uh, still, they used to be like music producers and stuff. And it's just a different world. I mean, it's just, it seems like such a grind if you're a musician to like make any kind of money. I mean, it's just so hard because everything's digital, you know? So you just, whatever, yeah. it's all free. You just listen to it. But a podcast, at least you can inspire people to listen to you and then they may take some action after that or, you know, join your email list or whatever, you know, they might Absolutely. do something with your business. There's a lot of commonalities. So I think yeah. uh, the music industry really set me up to help people in podcasting because there's a lot of commonalities in a great song, like your favorite song is probably a really good story, right? Yeah. Like if you think of all the best songs, there's stories. Um, and some of the best podcasts are obviously stories. So there's similarities yeah. there. Uh, you know, now bands are putting out music and podcasts are put out and they're both free content that can be basically streamed at any point in time. And so the the growth pattern for a band and for a podcast are very similar. It's, a, it's, a, it's you know, it's a marathon. You have to keep putting stuff out and keep growing your audience slowly. And there's a, there's a lot of commonalities there. I even use um, an analogy with music and podcasting with using a hook in your podcast. So mm. the first 30 to 60 seconds of your podcast is almost the most important, uh, similar to music. Any of the biggest hit songs you've heard typically start with the chorus because yeah. it's the most exciting part of the song. So there's a saying in recording, which is don't bore us, get us to the chorus, meaning <laughs> get the exciting part as soon as you can. So I use, a, I recommend everybody use some type of hook in their podcast. That could be you telling people what they're going to get in the episode. That could be a really good cliffhanger clip out of the actual episode. And mm -hmm. what it does is when somebody presses play, they're, they're basically shoved right into the chorus of your podcast mm -hmm. and they're, they're getting excitement. So they're going to stick around. And um, too many people are doing maybe an ad when they shouldn't be doing ads and they're giving away the most important part of their podcast right away to somebody else. So it's really important with, you know, as podcasting grows in the competition, you want to make sure that you um, basically immediately tell somebody, Hey, you're here. This is what you're going to learn. I'm going to tell you this, this, and this, and maybe you have a call to action in there at some point and then go into your show. And then they can decide, Hey, these are things I want to learn, or maybe this isn't the episode for me. And you can sort of qualify your listeners very quickly. Hmm. That's good. I like that idea with the hook. That's so true. I mean, you have to really hook people in uh, to what you're doing right away. Otherwise, it's just so it's just so easy for anybody to lose attention these days because there's so much stuff around, you know, like everywhere. I mean, not just, you know, audio, obviously video, audio, blog posts, anything. You really have to hook people in, like you said. Absolutely. So, yeah. Why do you think podcasting has so much value for people? And why, why would it be important as a part of... I guess a brand, a business, a personal brand, any kind of strategy. Yeah. Um, I think podcasting right now is getting a, an immense amount of momentum for one specific reason that it's hmm. semi frictionless, right? You can listen to a podcast and walk your dog or drive your car or bench press a thousand pounds or hmm. uh, wash the dishes and do all these things. We're, we're sort of becoming a culture of like constant, uh, information for consumption. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where we're like, okay, I want to be entertained. I want to be entertained and, and podcasting because it's on demand and it's free and you can do other things while you do it, I think is one of the winning strategies for podcasting yeah. where 
you shouldn't be driving and watching YouTube videos. You shouldn't be doing, you can't read a blog post in the writer's voice. You read it in your own voice, in your own mood. So podcasting allows you to share the true essence of who you are through your voice and tell stories and give value to your audience and start this, this really great relationship with people. And then when they fall in love with you, they can find out the other things you do. So if you're a personal brand or if you're a business by positioning your podcast as essentially a soldier where you're saying, okay, in this episode, I'm going to teach you how to do this. And then that works for you forever. So it's out there when people want to get that information, they can get it. And then hopefully they like your production or your episode, and they're going to actually go back and listen to the rest of your episodes. So you're building up this catalog of really easy to consume information Hmm. and people can fall in love with you that way. Where, like I said, I read text messages and blogs in my own voice, in my own mood. If I'm in a bad mood and I read your text message, I could take it the wrong way. But with mm. your voice, it's, it's, it comes out, it, you bring the energy you bring, right? You bring the mood you bring. So you people get the right tonality that. and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. It, it is really interesting. You know, I, one of the things that have changed my, uh, I don't know how to say it, like life or perspective on podcasting, you know, it's these little moments where, like you get listeners, you know, that, that just reach out to you and they say like, Oh gosh, you know, you, you changed my life or, you know, I, I love listening to you while I'm walking my dog. It's like, Oh my God, you're listening to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you know, I, I have some importance in someone's life. And so uh, those little moments really change your life. And it's, you realize how intimate audio is, you know, we have this sense of intimacy with a voice because it's very personal and through your phone, you're listening closely to it. It's almost like that person's right there talking to you. Uh, and obviously it's pre-recorded, but there's, there's a level of intimacy that comes with it that I think is very different than audio because, or sorry, than video, because video can be distracting to you. There's a lot of visuals, there's a lot of shit going on. And so yep. having just that audio where it's sort of your mind, it's like a book, right? I mean, when you're reading a book, there's, there's sort of this special feeling when you're sitting with a book and it's a story and you're, you're kind of just getting in your head about it and visualizing. And so having the imagination available uh, is so powerful. And so the same thing with audio, it's like somebody kind of guiding you through an experience. I think it's a very intimate uh, thing. And that's really Absolutely. cool that you can do that. Yeah. And, and one thing that people overlook when they're podcasting is that there's two ears on the other side of that podcast and a heart, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of people podcast almost, for themselves, but you really have to remember like what you're doing is you're sharing messages with people and um, you know, you're right in their head. You're right in their ears. Everyone has a personal listening device. Now you're right there in their head. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's a great medium and there's a great responsibility with it, I think. And, you know, having good sounding audio and a clear message and using things like a hook are, are ways that you can keep people around in your community just through a podcast. And I use that example of Tom, um, you know, this guy podcasted for eight years straight every single week and got a TV show from That's his crazy. podcast. So the potential his podcast on, uh, his, he's actually a, uh, it's called the contractor fight and he coaches mm. plumbers, uh, painters, uh, anybody who's doing any type of contracting work on how to grow their business. Oh, wow. And so okay. we took, uh, his podcast from zero to half a million downloads and a multi six figure coaching business that we've tracked all through the podcast. So wow, it really, nice. it put him up as 
a an authority and he's one of the bigger guys doing it now in that niche so extremely powerful but you know it did take time it took time yeah. and it took consistency so uh, but you can do it yeah that's amazing i mean it's it's really it's one thing that i've seen with podcasting especially and i think this is also the thing that may explain why there's a lot of podcasts that start and don't really develop because there's there's a benefit to podcast. Most of the benefits to podcasting, in my opinion, are indirect. That doesn't mean they're any less powerful, but they're indirect in the sense like, you know, like networking, like, you know, meeting, you know, people through interviews like this or, or having a, you know, a presence out there that establishes you an expert. And then that sort of funnels people into your business indirectly that you never would have had to advertise for. All these different things are very valuable, but they're not inherently like measurable immediately. Like, Oh, Hey, you know, I have, you know, a hundred thousand likes on my new photo that I put on Instagram or something like that. And even though it's like, that's a meaningless metric, you know? So really it's a relationship that you, the, the relationships that you build, which are a little harder to measure. And I think a lot of people get hung up on that because the, like you said, it's slow, it's a slow climb and you have to be consistent. Yeah. It's, it's similar to like, so there are cases of overnight success, but typically those people will burn, they'll crash and burn, you know? Um, There's, there's outliers, like, you know, people compare themselves to Joe Rogan, but he did it for 10 years before, (laughs) you know, getting a $110 million deal with Spotify. So um, I, I, I totally agree with you. And podcasting, I think podcasters make the mistake is they think I need to monetize my podcast, but your podcast Mm. is really the doorway into the rest of your business. So, um, there's a lot of people right now that are trying to get sponsors or they're trying to get advertising in their podcasts. And I always recommend to them to think about, Hey, do you want to send someone away from you to go buy Geico insurance or right. Squarespace? Or do you want to create some type of valuable course or book or thing that you could give to them and promote your own brand and keep all the money, right? Not just get pennies yeah. on the dollar, create something that's going to give your audience value. And the podcast really is just, again, like a soldier. It's a, it's the doorway into your world instead of it being the be all end all moneymaker. Right. Mm. So uh, I think it's an incredibly powerful medium that literally anybody can start with as little as a phone. So it's really accessible, which makes it great because everyone's voice deserves to be heard. And we all have different experiences, which give us different stories and different views on what's going on. So it's really easy to, it's much easier than writing a blog. It's much easier yeah. than making a YouTube video or other types of content. So it's a great way for somebody to dip their toes in the water of content creation. It's exciting. I, I love podcasting. It's been a real journey, man. I mean, uh, it's just, it's fun to find your own voice, you know, and it's always evolving. Obviously, we're always changing as people, but it's fun that we have the freedom to be able to do that in, it in is. today's world. It's amazing that you can reach an entire globe of people yeah. from the comfort of your own home in a microphone. It's, it's crazy. I mean, you see, like even on Libsyn, for example, they have you know the the different countries where you're downloaded and all this stuff. And I don't really follow the numbers so much, but it's just cool to see, like, oh wow, like there's people in like Uganda listening to me. Like yeah. to think that they're listening, there are people that are whose minds are being shaped, however much doesn't matter by the information in your mind. I mean, that's just, that's wild yeah, to me. It's, it's incredibly powerful. Yeah. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that people make with podcasting? 
Well, I think the first mistake people make is that they may start a podcast that is an inch deep and a mile wide. So they don't, (laughs) they think I'm going to try to make something for everybody. And I think that the way to really have a successful podcast is to go an inch wide and a mile deep. So to Mm. find an audience. So let's say you're a wedding planner or a health coach or, you know, a chef, like, are there Facebook groups of people that are looking for help in those areas? That's a really great way to like define, is there an audience for this? And I, even if you're going to do like a comedy show or an entrepreneur show, you should still try to somewhat uh, skinny it down to somewhat of a person. And then there's a lot of people that say, you should write out your exact avatar and what they eat for lunch and what car they drive. And I don't, I don't really fall into that category as much as I think Mm -hmm. you should, you know, figure out who is your perfect listener from a general standpoint. And by starting with the audience, before you start, you'll be able to grow that audience a lot faster instead of just saying like, my podcast is about everything for everyone. Mm -hmm. That strategy still works. It just takes much longer because People have to find you. They have to find something to attach themselves to. And then it takes longer to grow. So I think the first mistake is not saying like, is there an audience for this? And even if there's not a specific audience for it, it doesn't mean it's a bad idea for a podcast. You may be the innovator or the pioneer of some type of niche. But um, I definitely think that it's much easier to go fishing in a pond where there's lots of fish than fishing in the ocean uh, just randomly, right? (laughs) Um, Secondarily, Uh, I think people forget that their podcast is really for the listeners and you have to constantly be reminding your listeners why they should listen. Mm. What's in it for the listener, right? And uh, people say, check out my podcast. And I always tell them like, well, that tells me nothing but that you have a podcast. Why don't you tell me what I'm going to learn in your podcast or what what's in it for me? Why do, why can I not miss this episode? I think that's, uh, potentially another uh, mistake people make when they first start podcasting. And then of course, getting the right microphone. So you're using a dynamic microphone. I'm using a dynamic microphone. Dynamic microphones could be as little as $50, but a lot of people purchase what's called a condenser microphone, which is a Mm. very sensitive capsule that is intended for like being in a perfectly treated recording studio. Like Adele's vocals are recorded on a big fat condenser mic. But that doesn't always help the podcaster in a room that may have a landscaper outside or dogs barking down the street in it. (laughs) And with a dynamic mic, you can get really great results. And I think people get overwhelmed with what do I buy? What microphone? And really the, the honest answer is you can get a $50 USB dynamic microphone that will make you sound great. And it'll make your life super easy as you're editing because you're not going to have to worry about all this background noise and, um, you know, the truck backing up down the street or kids yelling and things like that. So I highly recommend if you're going to start a podcast to look at a dynamic microphone, it really doesn't matter which one, whatever's in your budget, Mm -hmm. but you want to stay away from the condenser mics because it'll make your life harder down the road. And anything that makes your life harder down the road will make you think about stopping podcasting. (laughs) And as we talked about before, this is a marathon, right? We're going to just consistently release content as long as we can. And anything that makes your life easier will let you continue to podcast. Yeah, it's all about systems. I mean, I remember it took me a year to figure out how to properly remove noise from my 
from my editing. I mean, I was, I was removing it, but I was doing it too harshly. And after I would amplify everything. And so you just get this like shitty sound of, you know, so, so somebody's like, you know, muffled up and yep. literally all I had to do is change the order that I was doing it in. And yep. now it's, it's fine, but it's like, Oh my God, like, I wish somebody would have told me. <laughs> yeah. But the journey is the destination, you know, like yeah, the dance, the sure. dance of life, yeah. right. It's, yeah, it's, it's, you don't just end the dance. You're the yeah. whole part is stepping on a couple of toes, point is right? To keep dancing. Yeah. Right? There's no, there's no ending. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's so funny. I mean, what do you think in the beginning when somebody's starting a podcast are, cause usually, you know, I think once you get into a rhythm after a few months, chances are, you know, that you'll, stick with it. Let's say you stick with it for a year. Chances are even greater that you'll stick with it. Stick with it for two or three years, then chances are probably you're going to stick with it for a long time. But either way, those first, I would say maybe six months, maybe it's a different number in your mind, but I would say those first six months, a lot of people tend to quit anything, whether it's a gym membership, a podcast, anything else. So what is sort of the, what are some main things to pay attention to when you're starting the podcast with like maybe some, like a timeline or some goals or things that you have to have in mind? Yeah. So the first thing you have to realize when you start podcasting is that you're going to have to give yourself some grace to grow into it. You're going to have a learning Mm -hmm. curve. You're going to have to get comfortable in front of the microphone. And if you focus on everything being perfect for every episode, you will bottleneck your productivity. So you'll need to say, hey, listen, progress not perfection. And eventually you will get to a point where you've got your system down and you've figured some things out, like which order the plugins go and stuff like that. And it will even itself out. But if you try to make the perfect podcast at the beginning, you will stop podcasting. And if you go back and listen to anybody's first episode, Tim Ferriss or Gary Vaynerchuk, the biggest people in the world, it's rough, right? But they just, they started. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to Uh, start to be great, right? So um, that's number one. The second is I really recommend, you know, scheduling when you're going to record your podcast. Just make it like the same thing you do when you watch your favorite TV show. If Game of Thrones is on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. and you're not going to miss it, schedule something in your calendar that's the podcast time, the podcast creation time. So you just know, hey, Tuesdays at four, I'm recording a podcast and it becomes part of your schedule. And then sit down and try to plan a few weeks in advance. Try to think about the questions that maybe your your people ask you all the time that they want answers to, or think about some stories you could share that have some type of parable or meaning in them and, and make a list of 12 episodes and always kind of keep this rolling list. So you don't get to your microphone and say, well, what do I talk about today? I don't have an episode. And then you sort of give up, uh, get a list going, a pipeline of episodes going, and then you will have way more fun podcasting, especially if you can do two episodes at once. So that way you can uh, do all the work for two episodes or three episodes or four episodes and schedule them. And then when your dog gets sick or you uh, get a, a meeting on Tuesday at four, you know, well, that's okay because I've got these episodes banked up. And it becomes this this game of I'm going to do it no matter what, right? I'm going to, you know, my, my kids, they don't like vegetables, but I just say, you just got to eat one piece of broccoli today, right? And you just got to do it. And eventually you build this muscle through repetition. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't get completely jacked from lifting a little five pound weight a couple of times. Yeah. He did reps, right? So it's all about repetition. And 
Um, don't get, and I guess the last thing would be don't get hung up on this week's episode. A lot of people they'll record an episode and they put it out and they think that that's the be all end all of their podcast. This is one piece of a library of content you're creating for people to go back and listen to anytime they want. Hmm. Anytime you find a great podcast, you always go back to the, the other episodes. So just keep building the library and keep building the library and keep building library. So just forward momentum, no perfection. Perfect is boring. And uh, that will really get you off to a great start. That's great. What have been some of the most successful strategies that you've used to, to grow, I guess, your listener base? I mean, consistency is king, obviously, and yep. everything. But besides, let's say, you know, you got your you got your intros, you got your music, you got your system, you have your, you know, your content, you have a way of that you're doing it. Um, besides being consistent with all those things, what have been some effective strategies that you use to, to grow a podcast? Absolutely. So the first and foremost is I pick one thing that I want to teach people per episode. So in my mm-hmm. podcast, I'll say, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to teach someone how to do in this episode? There could be like the five things you need to know about blank or whatever, but it's, Mm -hmm. I keep it to one thing because I I imagine that the person, um, if I can give them a title, that's like how to do this and they want to know how to do that. They'll know exactly what they're going to get in that episode. So I try Mm -hmm. not to put too much into a single episode. Um, the second thing that I've really focused on with growth is community. So, um, by giving your audience a place to go after the episode to interact, to go deeper, to have other conversations like a Facebook group or, um, you know, a text message group or something like that, hmm. you're able to keep people in your world, give them a free call to action and continue to give them value and then ask them, hey, what are you struggling with? What kind of questions do you need answers to? Which gives you ideas for future content and you can actually answer questions that people really want the answer to. Mm. And then the third tip that I could give is it's somewhat difficult sometimes to get your guest, if you're doing like an interview, to share the podcast with their network. A lot of people like to go on podcasts and use other people's audience and then they disappear into the ether, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm always about sharing and, and putting things out, but everyone isn't like that. So a surefire way that you can get people to share your episode without them having to send an email or really do too much of anything is after you have your great conversation, you have this rapport now and you've talked and you've sort of made this connection as two podcasters. What you could do is say, Hey, that was really great. I didn't get to ask you all the questions that I wanted to. Would you be interested in going live with me the Friday after or a couple days after this episode releases? Now, because you've had this great interaction and you're almost face-to-face, it's going to be pretty hard for them to say no. They're probably going to say, sure, I'd like to do that. So you put it on your calendar. And what you do is you go on Instagram or Facebook and you, you go live and you invite them and they come on and go live. Well, the algorithm, you know, Facebook, Instagram, the algorithm tells yeah, their audience <laughs> they're also live. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so their audience goes, oh, this person's live. Let me go check it out. And you don't mm-hmm. have to redo the episode by any means. You could say, hey, it was really awesome hanging out with you on my podcast. The episode came out on Monday. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. There's a few things I didn't get to ask you and have some questions ready. I have a product called Poddex, which are 
uh, unique interview questions in the form of decks of cards or our app. And you can literally just use pod decks to ask interesting questions that have nothing to necessarily do with the topic, but it just reinforces the fact that you guys did a podcast together and the algorithm automatically alerts their audience to let them know that that happened. That's really interesting. I've never heard about that before. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Because it's true. If you, ta- if you're with them, then you sort of get the benefit of the, the algorithm on their end, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they're the, you know, Instagram is going to say you're live and that, that person's live and you know, you want to make it as easy for them as possible. So yeah. if you follow up with somebody after you have an interview and you say, Hey, here's a video or here's a, a link or whatever, you know, it can get shuffled aside, but this is something yeah. where it's just like, you just come on and talk to me again. And I'm automatically going to get a little bit of your audience's attention. Hmm. It benefits us both. And that's something that I've used quite a bit to uh, grow my audience is going live and just having conversations that aren't necessarily podcasts. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me because with podcasting, there isn't yet, and I don't know if there ever will be a sort of social platform, like a Facebook for podcasting. There's no, because again, audio is, you know, very, um, you know, there's no visual element to it. And so it's, it's a very different structure. And so the, the challenge that I've found is again, outside of consistency and, you know, all the normal best practices you would do for any kind of business, it's, it's a different animal to, to, to scale it in a sense, or to really, you know, grow it compared to something like a YouTube account, you know, or whatever else, you know, which is a little different. You can run ads, you can do different things, but with podcasting, it's just, it's a little different because there's no, like, even when you publish, uh, you know, I have what, 20 something destinations that it all goes to. Right. And so sure that it goes to all those destinations, but I don't have like a central platform that I can chat with anybody who like, if, if somebody likes my, my episode and says, Oh my gosh, you know, that's cool. And they make a little comment. Like I don't get a notification or I, I some way, Oh, let me log into Spotify right now and respond to that comment. So it's right. the, the interaction for podcasting, I think because it's still young, there's no centralized platform of engagement. If I'm articulating yeah. myself correctly. And Absolutely. That's, I totally understand. And I'm, I'd be willing to bet that someone's working on it just due yeah. to the popularity of podcasting well, pod chaser or whatever it is. It's not, uh, I think it's uh, there's pod a chaser. few, there's like pod chaser yeah. and pod kite. There's a couple different sites yeah, they're where trying they stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. And again, I think the best way to kind of counteract that in 2020 is to start your own community and say, Hey, you know, at the end of every episode, say, Hey, listen, if you want to go deeper in the conversation, I'm going to share some bonus content in my group, or I'm going to, Mm. you know, um, give you a freebie in my group or, you know, uh, be, be a part of my community. You, You have to remember human beings, we long for being in a tribe because we're programmed from a you know, from our ancestors that if we stuck in the tribe, we would survive, right? So it's it's pre-programmed into you to want to be a part of something. And whether you're a, a misfit, you want to be a part of the misfit group. Whether you're a, you know, religious, you want to be in the religious group. Or if you're in sports, you're part of the team group. Uh, we all long for that. So by giving people an opportunity to be a part of a community, they're automatically going to want to do it. And the beauty of Facebook groups is everyone uses Facebook and it's free. So it's really Mm. an easy ask to have somebody join your group. And you can even go further as to like, give them a name, you know, so people could, people like to be labeled too. They like to say, I'm part of 
you know, my group's called the Podcast Builder Club. I'm part of the Podcast Builder Club. Mm -hmm. And it's a badge of honor for people to be a part of those communities. Yeah, well, Facebook actually, don't they have little badges now for all these different, like you're the conversation starter or you're the, you know, all these different kind of recognition badges, which is totally playing off of all that psychological. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. They know exactly what they're doing. That's interesting. Are there any thing, uh, any services or strategies that you recommend as far, you know, with, with podcasting, eventually at some point, you know, it's initially it's a one man show, obviously, or a two man show, and you're kind of doing everything and wearing all the hats. But eventually, let's say you do scale and, and you, you kind of get to the point where you your business is generating some income to cover delegating some of those tasks out and, and that kind of thing. So let's talk about that. Like, at what point do you get to that point? How do you handle that? What's the first thing that you usually will delegate? Is it worth it to have somebody do the audio? And if so, like, you know, what are, how do you basically get a little more freedom from? Yeah, it's a great question. So I've edited over 2000 podcasts for my clients. Um, I, I like to make the comparison of taxes. Like I could do my own taxes, but it stresses me out and I don't like doing it. So I pay somebody to do my taxes. If you love podcasting and you get to a point where you can start to delegate tasks, but you don't love the editing or uploading or writing show notes, that's the time where you would want to hire a company like mine, Podcast Buddy, right? So yeah. you're going to do the fun part. You're going to record the audio and share your passion, your story and hand it off. And then it will all, all the work will get done on the back end. Hmm. So the first step in doing this before you even think about hiring somebody is to just sit down with a blank piece of paper and write down every single step, your own little standard operating procedure of how a podcast episode gets produced in your world. It may start with, um, Finding a guest, right? So I find my guest. Then I, number two, I plan the episode. Number three, I schedule the episode. Number four, I record the episode on a Zoom. You know, number five, I download that episode and pull it into my uh, digital audio workstation, start editing and add my intro, you know, all the things that you do. What's your system basically? Exactly. Exactly what your system is. And then once you have that, you can see how many things that may be taking your time away from other things that you're either good at or make you money and you can start to decide, okay, do I really need to write my own show notes? Do I need to hire somebody to listen to my audio and craft me some type of show notes so I can go on and do coaching calls or spend time with my kids or do something that I enjoy? And once you have that list, you can really go through and say, what brings me joy? Maybe you like editing audio. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and what doesn't bring me joy? And that's how you can start to pick the things to delegate to a team. And once you have that written out, it's it's the first part of building a team because you can tell your team the exact steps mm. it takes to produce every single episode. Yeah, you can figure out which specific, you know, where, what area do you need to delegate basically? And exactly. It's uh, my, my mentor always tells me it's the who, not the how. Mm. Meaning if you have something to do, you don't have to figure out how to do it. You have to figure out who's the best person to do yeah. it. Yeah. That's a good one. I think I've heard that one before. That was, uh, was that Russell Brunson or who was that? It's probably Russell Brunson. Yes. Because no, because I think I went to some, uh, or I saw some whatever digital program of his. And one of the lessons was about, you know, not getting lost in the details when you, when you start on a vision or whatever, you know, it's very easy to get lost in the how, how am I going to do this? You know, how, you know, and then you just think how, 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 and it's never, it never ends because, you know, 
especially in an area that you, let's say, maybe aren't a specialist in, it's always going to be how, how do I do this? And so you yep. have to figure out who, like you said, which is, uh, well, and, you know, relatively speaking, I mean, certain things aren't too expensive. I mean, I know like a virtual assistant is, is relatively affordable, but what's your, like, if somebody were to, let's say, you, we'll use your company specifically, like, let's sure. say somebody needed to delegate that whole process out, like basically, okay, I've got the recording, but I'm just going to send it to you guys. You guys do the, uh, you know, the audio finesse and then write the show notes. And like, how does all that work? Are there different packages? Are there, what's the price range? Like, what is the investment that somebody needs to be ready to do? Sure. Uh, what's the range of investments? Let's put it that way. So, yeah, that so um, there's tons of podcast editors. When I started doing this, yeah. there weren't that many. And now, uh, Every day, a new podcast editor yeah. is born. Um, so there's people as low as you know five dollars on a site like Fiverr to yeah. people who charge a thousand dollars per episode. So my my company it is a it's a subscription model. You pay mm. a fee every month, and we will cover a weekly episode, which means we'll take your audio, we'll add your intro, your outro. If you have any ads, we make it sound great. We write show notes. Uh, we upload it and schedule it for you. So it basically magically appears. So it really mm -hmm. depends on, you know, who is doing your podcast, like which editor you hire is what the price is. I mean, mm. uh, and you get what you pay for. That's all I can yeah, tell you is that for sure. um, typically the ones that are very cheap will get overwhelmed and they will quit. And then you don't have an editor. So you want to find somebody sort of in that middle range who has experience, has a system and um, doesn't, miss deadlines. So those are all three things that we focused on at Podcast Buddy is making it really easy for our clients to get us things and then making sure that we get that get everything done on time and archive everything and get it back to them. Yeah. That's so true though. I mean it's like I, I can't tell you how many times, especially with I think remote work and and sort of hiring people that, you know, uh through digital means, you know, you you sometimes want to save money, but <laughs> it's it's not a good idea. You, you yeah. definitely want to have somebody that you can trust. And it's some, it's worth paying more to know that, okay, I have the certainty that you're going to do the job uh, the way I need it to. So Yeah. And if, if you're in a situation to where this is a, an analogy I use a lot, cause I do a lot of stuff with health coaches. I say, well, how much do you charge for a health coaching session? They're like, Oh, it's $250 or something. And I say, okay, well, it's going to take you three hours to edit your podcast. So you're going to, you could potentially coach three people and make $750 yeah. or you can invest in somebody to do it for you. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, that's the upside is what is your time worth to you or what could you be, what are you gifted in that you could be using your time for instead of this? And it, you know, it comes down to oil changes and taxes. I could do all those things, but I would never do them because I know that I could pay somebody to do it. They'll do it right. And I can, be on my way and I can do the things that I love to do, like podcasting and hanging out with my family and playing music and all that stuff. Yeah. Time is everything, man. You never get it back. Yes. You can always get more money, but you can't you can recreate money. time. <laughs> so true. Where do you see the future of podcasting going in the next five, 10 years? Yeah. So I've been experimenting with some things. Um, you know, a lot of people call me a podcast expert, but I'm really somebody who is experimenting and sharing what's working. So I don't ever mm -hmm. consider myself an expert because I'm always learning new things. Um, I do think that uh, with the competitive nature and now that when COVID hit, a lot of celebrities started podcasting and mm -hmm. there's, there's more podcasts than ever. So I think that you really have to 
dial into who your audience is, who, who is the people that need to hear your podcast. And then you need to also experiment with things like maybe going live or doing video. I'm seeing a lot more people putting out their podcast as a video Mm -hmm. and it takes a little more work, but by putting out the video, you're able to take one pillar piece of content and then repurpose that into all the places that you'd want people to find you. So for example, if me and you record this video podcast, we could put this on YouTube and then we could strip the audio out and put it on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere. And then we could cut out little clips that are like really great uh, golden nuggets, maybe a minute long and put those on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And um, even if we don't use all of them, we can start to bank those up to create posts for the future to let people know that we're having these amazing conversations. So I think the future potentially now that people are more comfortable with zoom is uh, live streaming and uh, doing more videos because, because uh, podcasting is on demand. Sometimes people don't have the urgency. They know, Oh, that's going to be there forever. Right. Hmm. It's kind of like when you download a free ebook, you're like, Oh, I'm going to read this ebook and you download it. And then, you don't really do anything with it. It's that, Hmm. that initial excitement is over. So um, by going live, you're actually creating some type of urgency. Like you need to be with me now and interact with me now. And um, that could be a new strategy for people. And then thirdly, I don't know if that's the third thing or maybe the fourth thing. um, I've been experimenting with uh, shorter episodes. I think that less commuting time means people want a quick hit of information. They want a, Hmm. They want to get the value and get out, right? So, and to go on to the next thing or to go do the next thing. So I'm experimenting with shorter episodes. I'm trying to keep my personal podcast uh, to one specific value bomb that's around, you know, 10 to 15 minutes long. And it seems to be working. Now there's nothing wrong with long form conversations. Uh, I'm just seeing a pattern in no commuting uh, even though people are still flying, uh, people are doing less traveling to where you'd be listening to a podcast. So I'm thinking more of the person who may be looking for that quick hit of information, um, doing the dishes or driving down the street to the post office. But there's no real way to tell. I think that with Spotify, Spotify is actually investing a lot in um, podcasts to have exclusive content. So mm-hmm. I think the future of podcasting may hold a bunch of different platforms that are looking for exclusivity on your content, which is really great because it presents an opportunity for you for say a company like Spotify, who has millions of listeners to be in their uh, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And so this also plays back into community by giving your own community exclusive content. You can keep people happy. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where podcasting goes. I think that we're still, even at a million podcasts on Apple Podcasts, at the beginning of a very large uh, explosion in the medium. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's really interesting to see where it will go, especially, like you said, with with the changes in commuting and stuff. I didn't even think about that. That's a, that's a great point, that people are commuting less and uh, having a shorter form content, at least an option, maybe like a short episode and then having like a long episode every now and then as well, having both of those options would be a good idea. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like you could definitely take, um, like, uh, one strategy could be is like, we have this long, long form conversation, which is amazing. And it allows us to really go deep 
but maybe people who don't want to sit through that, you can create a secondary episode that is just like the quick hits of like the episode, mm-hmm. you know, so you release an episode on Monday and you're like, Hey, if you missed the episode on Monday, I got you the uh, footnotes or the bullets, bullet points. And it's just yeah. bam, bam, bam. It's the, it's the value bombs of the episode and, and then start to test that because this whole thing is testing and learning. So I could go back to Tom who just got the HGTV show from the contractor fight. He did 100 episodes in a row of interviews. And then he ran out of people to interview. He, he called me up. He said, <laughs> dude, I'm freaking out. I don't have anybody to interview. Will you be on my podcast? I said, listen, Tom, you're an ex-Marine. You're super commanding. You have a great voice. And I hear you do rants about all kinds of stuff. Why don't you sit down and do a 10 minute rant on whatever's on your mind? So he did it. We called it a solo cast. This is like years ago. Puts out the solo cast. It was the most downloaded episode he had had in a hundred wow. episodes, <laughs> which told us people wanted more content like that. People wanted mm-hmm. more of, you know, you do it, you interview people. Um, you know, maybe people want to hear more from you, just you. Right. So that's yeah. something that you could potentially experiment with because you as an interviewer, you're giving, you're sort of giving me the spotlight and I get to be on your show and talk, but you don't, you're not, um, the necessarily the complete feature of the show. So experiment with things and see what works and maybe, Hey, maybe people love five minute episodes and then you can go, okay, every podcast, you know, every other podcast will be five minutes and you can keep testing and learning what your audience wants because they're all, all audiences are different and have different behaviors. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's, I don't think it's something you can ever just set and forget. I think it's something you have to really cognizantly test some things and Hey, some things may fail, but that's how, you know, they don't work. Yeah. I've tried, uh, having a Tuesday episode now that's short. That's sort of like based on whoever I interview that Friday, I'll make a short solo episode on Tuesday. I call it like transformation, transformation Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like basically just three little bullet points about that particular topic. So it's kind of just like a, a little 10 minute, you know, type of episode where it's like, here's the hits. I'm going to be interviewing, you know, so-and-so on Friday, if you want to get the full details, whatever. And so that's actually to, to your point, that's actually been doing really well. So I um, love that concept too, because it gives me yeah. an option, right? Yeah. Am I ready to sit down and listen to the entire conversation or do I still want to hear what is pertinent to me, but I'm in a hurry. Right. So yeah, just like a hook, like you said, just something that's like, okay, short enough to where you can get a feel for what it is. It's got the same quality of audio and, you know, music and things like that, but it's not long enough to where you have to commit to it. So that's been, that's been pretty good. Good. I'd like to follow up with you and see how that does down the road and see like uh, between A and B, like what's doing better because the attention span of consumers is, always decreasing, right? With things like yeah. TikTok videos that are a minute or whatever, oh or, you know, Snapchat's 15 seconds. I can't TikTok remember what they just are. makes me depressed, man. I'm like, <laughs> is this what, is this what human consciousness? Yes. I have a friend who's on TikTok and I always talk about her when the topic comes up because she was like bugging me to, she's like, you need to start a TikTok account, you know? And she's, she's an attractive girl. She's a like a super trained dancer. I mean, she's just been, you know, very uh, accredited. Let's put it that way. And okay. so we often joke because we all used to work together in a dance studio. And uh, we often joke that she now has like all that training just for TikTok videos. Just you know? for TikTok videos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it helps when you're hot, right? And you can dance. Yeah. You know, yeah, but she, uh, I'm like, look, I, I'm not some hot girl that I can just do that. Like it works <laughs> like for sure. If you're a hot you know, female and you, you can shake your butt, even just stand there. It seems like you could be successful, but I don't know. It's, it's a certain type of medium and 
I just, I can't, I, even if I could just the, the amount of intellectual work I would have to do to overcome not feeling like shit about myself. Yeah. Like it just like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's just, I, can't, I always tell I can't. people, if you ever see me doing TikTok videos where I'm pointing or dancing, there's something wrong. <laughs> Somebody's somebody going through a midlife me, crisis. <laughs> somebody has me held hostage or something oh because it's God. just, uh, it's not for me, but, uh, and you know, there's a good lesson in TikTok. It's like, you know, we almost lost TikTok, right? Trump almost said like, yeah. you can't have TikTok anymore. And how many people built their livelihood? Oh yeah. On one yeah, platform. These things could change any, at any point in time. Which That's is what where I do like about podcasting. Yeah. Your community. Like, yeah. You have, you're not tied down to like, okay, let's say Spotify decides to kick me off for whatever reason. Well, I still yep. got like 20 other places that I'm publishing yep. to. So yeah, I, I don't like having my balls owned by one, you know, company. And and to your point, you know, with these platforms, I think we're at the tail end of an initial experiment that started back in 2000 with Facebook and, you know, all these things that kind of started to balloon. And now I'm guaranteed, I'm sure Section 230 is probably going to get adjusted in some way. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits being you know, handed out. And however that direction is going to go, I think it will change. You know, things are going to be more fragmented or different or somehow. I mean, like you said with TikTok, like who knows, you know, it could literally just end up being banned the next day. And then now yep. you've lost your whole, all that work, all that intellectual and emotional work that you've done yep. investing in. That's what I was telling my friend. I'm like, she, because with TikTok, you need something like 100,000 subscribers to be able to monetize. Like basically you go on this like red light district of, you know, yeah. influencers and then yeah. people can start bidding on you. And, you know, so I'm like, that's great, but you should really like start an email list or have something where you can direct them back to you. Don't yep. rely on the platform because- Never build a business on top of someone else's business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Exactly. No, it's so true. I mean, video is interesting too, to your point about the having sort of that, that video con, I, I would love to do that, but it's just, I'm so part of me, part of the problem is I'm a perfectionist and I really okay. like, I like things to be very high quality. Like, like for example, Lewis house, everybody knows Lewis house. He's got a giant podcast and he's got these little clips that are super inspiring and motivating, you know, and I'm like, I could definitely do that, but it would take me an enormous amount of time. Like I just yeah. don't have the time to do that on top of the shit I'm already doing. Uh, I would love yeah. to do a video with like clips, like you said, and sure, I see the value of it, but like at what point, you know, that's the thing I'm curious about with the future of podcasting is, you know, like you have, for example, Headliner, which is, I think it's still in its infancy, but it's an interesting idea that you can basically kind of just plug you know, like an audio into it. And then it sort of comes out with this little visual and it's already sort of pre-made for you. It's automated, right? So it's in sort of an automated service. And it's, yep. I mean, it's shit right now in terms of like having a really brandable content, but it's something. So I'm really curious if that whole aspect of, okay, can I sort of automate this process? Because right now, as it stands, you need a team. Like I would need at least, you know, one or two people outside of me to say, Hey, here's my clip with Travis, you know, have fun, go look through it, find the yeah. inspiring moments, you know, put it together with the marketing and branding. Like, sure. I could do that. I'm great at video editing, but I don't fucking have time to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, 
I wonder if, at one point if it'll be automated or some way that'll make things easier to do that. I think so. So I know Oliver from Headliner and yeah. I do think that audiograms were like amazing a few years ago, but yeah. I think that the game has changed enough to where you see so many audiograms now with the moving waveform that you just right, started right. like, it's like sort of static noise. So that's yeah. where, you know, our, I don't mean to go too deep on like our primitive nature, but we look for faces, right? So you're born yeah. and you look for your mother's face. When you look at a tree, you're like, oh, I see a face in that because we're programmed to look for faces. So when you attach yeah. that face to the podcast and Lewis Howes is a great example of somebody who's filming a podcast and then clipping it into little clips to get you excited to go listen to the podcast. So yeah. um, I think for you, if I was going to give you any advice, yeah, what what digital audio workstation do you use? Um, honestly, I just use Audacity. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't recall if Audacity can do video, but uh, some of the dogs- I don't dogs, think they can do video. Yeah. You can just pull in the video and edit the video and then extract the audio. And then you've got your your two pieces. So you're doing two things at once while you're mm, editing it. Interesting. And that will save you time. Um, and then you can, uh, of course, go back and clip out like a minute long clip and, and throw that out. But, um, you know, things like Zoom automatically record the video and give it to you. Yeah. So um, it's not completely far-fetched, but again, it is the amount of time that you want to put into the podcast. And I do think that's a struggle for people because they get into podcasting and they think, oh God, I got to record an episode and I got to make all these videos. And I highly recommend that you, you know, start with what's working and then, you know, slowly test some other things and see if, Hey, maybe videos get me a little more juice or maybe it gets me more downloads on the episode. Yeah. Or maybe you look for somebody who can do both for you and uh, figure that out. But uh, you know, everything could change in a minute, right? Podcasting yeah. could change to, you know, little holograms or something. Somebody's going to develop right. the next big thing. I've got yeah. a few contacts at Spotify and Google that tell me in five years, every single brand and every single person will have a podcast. So hmm. people like you and me are, at the, we're pioneers, you know, we're like wow. pioneering this whole thing for everybody in the future. So we have a great head start. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you've had like a post-it note on your desk, or you're thinking new year's, I'm going to start that podcast. Like you really just have to go, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to, uh, a great way to test it is to just take out your phone and put on the voice memo app and tell your best story. Don't do an intro or not. Just tell your best dinner party story and then send it to like three of your friends who won't BS you, right? And say, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. What do you think of this? And they'll give you their feedback. It'll probably be positive because it's probably a great story. And that can validate that, hey, you can do this and you can do it as easy as your phone, or if you want to invest in a microphone, but um, there's no better time to start than right now. Yeah. That's exciting. It's fun, <laughs> fun stuff. I'm Any, happy for you, man. Anything. Yeah, me too, man. You know, I tell you, it's been a real journey. Talk about the first episode, right? I mean, you, you we all remember our first episode, right? <laughs> yep. And now, I mean, think about it. You did your first episode. There was probably all kinds of stress around it. You had to press the button to publish it. And now you yeah. barely ever think of that episode. It's just out yeah. there working for you. And you're on to the next episode. You're building up that awesome library. Um, and that's what it's all about. It's about building that evergreen library of content that, that somebody, you know, you're a musician. I'm a musician. Have you ever found a band that you like slept on for years and then you heard one of their new albums and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then what did you, the first thing you do is you go back and you listen you to listen. all those yeah. other <laughs> records. 
<laughs> it's the same concept. That's interesting. Yeah, I love it. It's exciting. It's a uh, uh, fun stuff, and it's fun to be already kind of in it, you know, even though it hasn't exploded yet. So that's that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything coming up for you that's exciting? Any any projects? Any new things coming out? Yeah. So I have a company called Poddex, and um, we just launched the Poddex mobile app. And if you don't know nice. what Poddex are, they're unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So all you have to do is literally shuffle up, pull a card, have your next great conversation or your next great episode. So the app is out on uh, Apple and Android and you can download it for free and check it out. It's got over 2,500 conversation starting questions. So the idea behind Poddex is that my mission is to help as many people find their voice, grow their audience and start their own podcast revolution. But a lot of times you may be new to interviewing. You may be an introvert. You're not really sure what to do. And these give you prompts that can create spontaneity. You can go live with them. You can use them in an interview. Um, so if you want to check them out, you can actually go to free.poddex.com and I will send you uh, my episode deck, which is 50 episode starting prompts. So if your guest cancels or you're staring at a blank piece of paper, you can pull a card and it'll tell you, hey, do this, do this as an episode. And so Sweet. it can give you 50 ideas right out of the gate to get started and get that momentum if you're if you're stuck. And then of course the app has all these questions in different categories, health coaching, uh, business questions, interview questions, relationship questions. So it's so much fun. Um, I've reached thousands of podcasters all over the world. And uh, it was it was just such a fun project to start. It's taken a life of its own and yeah. it's connected me with so many great people. That's cool. That's, I can imagine it's, it's so much needed. I mean, a lot of people, especially when they start a podcast, I think one of the hardest things with interviewing, especially the interview episodes is figuring out what kind of questions to ask. You know, just, yeah. So you did an amazing job. You kept everything going, but a lot of times people, they run, they don't know what to ask next or they yeah. there's awkward silence and then they, they freeze up. So if you have these cards on your desk, you can always just glance at one and say, Hey, um, if you could look through uh, anyone's email without them knowing, whose email would you look through? <laughs> and then they're like, their brain blows out of their head. They're like, that was an amazing question. Almost yeah. every question that I've curated has been intended to spark an interesting conversation. That's non, mm. you know, not necessarily industry specific. Right. And, you know, the questions might be the same, but the answers are always different and they make for great content. It's an art for sure. I mean, it's an art and a science because asking, you have to ask, you know, the right questions or the good questions. And also I find as an interviewer, you have to simultaneously balance listening with paying attention to what you, what needs to happen next. It's, it's a really, it's like dancing. I mean, really, if you're leading somebody in dancing, it's kind of the same thing. You're, you're paying attention to how they're moving because you want to think, okay, what am I going to do next? But also you're listening at the same time. So it's, it's a very, uh, educating process to, to, to talk with people in, a, in an intentional conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation. I thought you were an amazing interviewer. So thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. It's been great. What are you most grateful for today? Final uh, question. I'm most <laughs> grateful for my health. Um, yeah, so right on. We recently had an exposure in the household uh, through school to, you know, uh, our friend COVID-19. And luckily, uh, none of us were affected. So I'm super wow. grateful that we're all healthy and um, you know, gratitude is a big part of my life as far as staying positive. So um, yeah, health is definitely at the top of our list. 
I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially this year. I think we all realized what the what the most important thing is. You know, we all have these goals and mindsets and visions and things like that, but none of that stuff means anything unless you're healthy. So it's very true. And I, I hope that when we come out of this, people have an appreciation for how amazing we had it where the freedoms to go anywhere or to eat anywhere or to spend yeah. time with your loved ones. Like I hope that we come out of this um with an appreciation for what we had all along, but we sort of looked at as just regular normalcy. So mm -hmm. All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with my friend Travis. You know, having the courage to speak up for what's important to you, whether it's a podcast, whether it's your business, whether it's, you know, a nonprofit, whether it's a project you're really uh, passionate about, whether whatever it is, you know, we all have a desire to express what's inside of us. And I think that's really valuable to be able to do that today. We have more, more opportunities than ever to let what's inside of us outward into the world. And podcasting is a great medium to do that, especially if you're camera shy, like I am totally camera shy. <laughs> I love podcasting, still working on the video thing, but maybe one day, but podcasting is a lot of fun and uh, it's, it's a great way to connect with people on an intimate level through sound, through your voice and have great relationships. So get out there, start today. If this is, if this is you, if you were curious, you made it this far. Now this is a sign from the universe. Go and do it. Take some action today and uh, let me know if you need help with it. I'm, I'm happy to help. So again, if you want to stay in touch with Travis, check out the blog post on danceoflife.com slash podcast. This is episode 229, so I'll be posting all the links there where you can download um, his pod decks as well as stay in touch with him there. So go check it out. And don't forget our quote from the very beginning, nothing works better than just improving your product. Joel Spolsky. Such a good, such a good quote as a, as a way to really hone in on what we're trying to do today. You know, we are talking about ultimately expressing what's important to you. And when you focus on being authentic, on having a quality product, in this case, the product is what you're saying and what you're feeling and what you're articulating. As long as you're authentic and you're putting yourself out there in an authentic way with value, success will come. You know, everything you do, as long as it's in alignment, success will always come. It's, it's inevitable. It's just a matter of time. So focus on that. And the rest is, as they say, history. Tune in Tuesday for Transformation Tuesday. We're going to do some business management strategies. This is going to be the next couple of weeks. It's going to be great for business. If you own a business, you're looking to start a business. If you have a side hustle, if you're looking to do more online business stuff, the next few weeks are going to be really, really cool. Got a lot of great people on the show uh, that are in this area of expertise. But next Friday, I interview uh, Patty Soares. She's an online business management expert. So we're going to be talking about all things online business, how to organize your online business, how to stay on top of yourself, how to create different things in the online business space and be successful. So make sure you tune in on Friday. On Tuesday, we'll do some online business management strategies, a couple of things that I've learned the last couple of weeks and months and even the last two or three years or so that have been very valuable for me. Personally, I'll be sharing those on Tuesday. So you don't want to miss that especially my interview with Patty on Friday. We'll see you then. Until then, remember, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well.
For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.